Priestess and the Cauldron, a podcast featuring Elvira Love and Phoenix LaFay, two out-of-the-room-closet professional witches with over 70 years' combined experience of making magic. This is a show on the LMC Radio Network. During each show, Elvira and Phoenix will help you create rituals, make spells, make potions, and much more besides. They'll spend time speaking about different goddesses from all over the world, paying attention to the ancient reverence of long-ago cultures and infusing it with a modern perspective. Elvira, Phoenix, take it away. Well, hello from the land of light and life and fire and smoldering. <laughs> yes. So, yes. Elvira and I are a little bit, um, pardon the pun, burnt out. We're a little bit fried and crispy. <laughs> and we're not sure how long we're going to talk tonight. So, thank you for listening. And we'll see. You may, we may get five minutes. We may get five hours. We don't know. We don't know. It's been a very intense ride yes. for all of the people here in the Sonoma, Napa, Mendocino counties and um, for Phoenix and I. Yeah. I have to say, Phoenix, rising from the ashes. I know. She's, I was talking about that today with Polly, one of the other readers at Milk and Honey. I was like, why Why Phoenix? Why did I take the name Phoenix? <laughs> <laughs> oh, crap. So today, uh, just so we have some context, is Friday, October 20th. And we are a week and a half in from the massive wildfires that took out a very large chunk of Santa Rosa, California, and Glen Ellen, and many, a few other areas, mm-hmm. and left field. many people without homes, and people were evacuated from their homes for a week or more, including Elvira. Yes, luckily we are at my home, so it is it has stayed the course. Yes, yes. So it's greatly impacted us and our community and our uh, neighborhoods. And so we thought, instead of talking about what our original plan was for this evening, we would talk about that and give some space to share that and some coping mechanisms for the things that each of us have done and used to make it through the last couple of weeks Mm -hmm. and to share that so that maybe folks, because moving forward, this isn't done. Mm -hmm. Um, Just the fires are still not out. They're, they're less um, threatening to homes and, and humans right now, but they're not out even after rain yesterday. Well, it's containment is how they put it versus being out. Right. Yeah. So that is happening, but also natural disasters happen all over the place, all the time. Uh-huh. These fires happen on the back of two really major hurricanes in the United States and Puerto Rico and the U.S. Virgin Islands. And shit, why this was happening, there was a hurricane in Ireland, uh-huh. which was tripping me out. Uh-huh. And it's really hard. Yeah. So we thought we would talk about all that fun stuff. Truly. So obviously the standard way we open our show is we go, so what was your week like? And I guess in a strange way it's going to be pretty much what was it like for you, Phoenix, in the circumstances of what has been happening. Sure. 
Well, hmm. So, um, oh, two weeks ago, Saturday. Mm-hmm. Holy crap. I can't believe it's only been two weeks. It feels like it's been forever. Uh, two weeks ago, Saturday, my son was married, and we had a beautiful wedding and family and loveliness. And the next day, we had more family and loveliness as family was still in town and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And then Monday... So Sunday night is when the fires started, and Monday morning. So Sunday night was really windy. Oh, and I I do not like windy. Mm-hmm. I get really nervous. I don't sleep well. Um, wind has often been a portend of bad things or or difficult challenges in my life. I went into labor on a windy night. You oh know? my! So, <laughs> It's like that is all, wind has always made me very anxious, and mm-hmm. and, um, and I was very anxious at night. And I didn't sleep well, and then at about five o'clock in the morning, normally I wake up about six to six thirty to drag the teenager out of bed. Mm-hmm. But at five o'clock, I noticed that my cell phone kept going off. So I'm like, geez. <laughs> and then I think, oh no, maybe someone's ill or a family member's right been taken to the hospital or something, and mm-hmm. my, you know, freak out begins. And I look at my phone, and there is. Missed call after missed call and text message after text message. Are you guys okay? School's been canceled. Are you guys okay? We're in the fire zone. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Mm-hmm. So um, part of my t- the town I live in was being evacuated, not the side that I live on, but close enough as far yeah. as I was concerned. Yeah. So my partner and I began to pack things because we thought we had time. And I woke up my daughter and told her, apparently the world is on fire, and you don't have school today. <laughs> oh, my. I need you to pack a bag. Mm-hmm. Pack, that, pack the things that are irreplaceable that you would be heartbroken to lose. Mm-hmm. So that's what we did. And then we made phone calls, and we turned on the news, and we got sucked into the firestorm. And um, thankfully, we never ended up getting evacuated. The fire that was the closest to my house uh, was contained pretty quickly in mm-hmm. comparison to some of the other fires. It's called the Presley Fire. Presley Fire. Presley, yeah. And it was um, part of the Crane Canyon Park, which is mm-hmm. very close to where I live. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I spent the next seven days, because now we're, what, at day 10? Mm-hmm. I spent at least the next seven days constantly watching fire updates, checking Facebook, reading fire maps, obsessing over where the flames were now, um, we had some friends who were evacuated come and stay with us uh-huh. just for a night, but that was enough to, you know, recognize how precious and, uh, I don't know, life is just precious. <laughs> um, how really in the real world, how important it is Yeah. of, yeah. of being here and being with people that you care about or that you are safe. Right. Right. And when my daughter's father was evacuated, his uh, his home is literally on the line. If you look at the map of evacuations, he's right on the border. Uh-huh. And his house is fine, but he has a harrowing tale of trying to escape. It's terrifying. Uh-huh. And I am very grateful that my daughter was not at his house when that happened mm-hmm. and that she did not have to experience that. Mm-hmm. And my heart breaks for all of those people who did and all of those people who didn't make it. Mm-hmm. So is it about two dozen? Is it more than that now? More than that. 
yeah. 25 to 30 people yeah. lost their lives yeah. in yeah. varying situations. And, you know, we, we haven't even, this is where I'll get teary, um, we haven't even been able to get anything as to the animals. Right. And we're not talking wildlife, of course. That is very important, especially in our traditions. Yeah. Um, but we're talking the pets, the, peop- the, the, the pets that we have taken on responsibility for. Right. And um, being an animal person, that really is hard. Yeah. Yeah. People, my, my father, no, my daughter's father lives in an apartment complex, and they were up. He just happened to be up at almost midnight mm-hmm. and went outside and saw the hillside behind him mm-hmm. on fire. Mm-hmm. Him and a friend went and woke up every person in their apartment complex. Mm-hmm. They knocked on every door and got everyone up to tell them what was going on, and that was happening all over oh, yeah. those neighborhoods. And in some cases, the, we had hurricane-force winds, 70-mile-per-hour winds that mm-hmm. night, so the fire was spreading incredibly fast. In fact, I read an article that said that they have no other fires like this that have been recorded, and they're going to be studying how fast this fire spread. Right. So yeah. many people didn't make it. And, of course, if you're scurrying to get out of your house and just keep your butt alive and get in the car and drive away, if your cat lives outside, if you know, if you have a, a rabbit that lives in or chickens or whatever, right. those things didn't always make it. Yeah. And that's really hard. And it's really hard. And then there are beautiful stories uh, about people who have been able to get their animals back or that, you know, the dog, Izzy, that has made it onto Facebook and everything. And Odin, did you see Odin? No, I didn't see Odin. Oh, my God. Freaking love this. So Odin is a a sheep herding dog, big, white, fluffy dog. Uh Uh-huh. And they couldn't find him, and he takes care of a herd of goats. Right. And so they just assumed Odin and the goats didn't make it through the fire. And then, I don't know, four days ago, five days ago, they found Odin. He had safely shepherded the whole flock of goats. <gasps> Safe the whole time. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that awesome? Oh, my gosh. I know that. Oh, that's, that is. Yeah. And it's funny. Uh, there's a sidebar to that. One of the uh, shows Actually, more recently, we were setting up to do with for Odin. Odin. So that's kind of the interesting. I think it was supposed to be today's show. Was yeah, the technically, Odin. it was with yeah. the Odin today. Yeah. So there you so go. So there we are. We have an Odin story. <laughs> that is awesome. Well, I know that, um, you know, that that is a big part of our lives, whether, you know, uh, or not we acknowledge the fact of how important our, our pets are to us and the, the animals that we have decided to take on. But, yeah. It was it was harrowing. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting because Phoenix's husband actually, ex-husband lives, I'm sorry, ex-husband, sorry. Uh, lives <laughs> up at um, just above me, actually in the same area. Right. And when she's talking about being on the line, my mobile home park is literally on the line yeah. of where the, what was, um, Mandatory evacuation and advisory evacuation. And throughout both of the mandatories, the section I'm in had state advisory. Mm -hmm. Uh, Of course, the first day, which is what she was talking about there, (laughs) um, 
a friend of ours, a mutual friend of ours, who is a wonderful belly dancer and who's always seen at the Mystic Fair and has put the, the, the belly dance troops together. Um, Tracy was literally evacuated out of her place with her husband, her child, and the dog and one cat. They couldn't, because the outside cat they couldn't find. Um, and their place uh, burned down to the ground. She was texting some of us to be aware that there was a fire, and that was when I went outside, and I was. I was up, I was in my bed, I was reading, you know, it was 12.30, yep. and I went out, and I saw the glow, and I went down to my assistant manager's house, and they had their TVs on, and, you know, so we started preparing, and I have a senior park, so, you know, it's, you got to think of how these people feel about moving fast, some of them, but we prepped, yep. and at a certain point, 2.30, 2.30, 3 o'clock, it was, we want you all out. Management decided it was not, because we had to, Yeah. but it was a decision. Management said, no, I want everyone yeah. gone. Well, that's so, good. You know, the, the most of the casualties that have happened were at a very a mobile home park for seniors on uh-huh. the other side of the hill. Right. That's where most of the casualties have been. Yeah. It just moved so fast. I think that's why. Well, and that was really moving fast. Yeah. And it was it, here... It was the Tubbs Canyon. It was there. It was coming up, but it had too many canyons. And, yeah, the fire and the wind and everything. And it did get down to Badger, which is, you know, maybe three blocks, two blocks, three blocks from Montecito. But it was not – it was coming in – it wasn't doing it like full force like a sheet. You know, pieces got taken. It's interesting because the hillside – this is the first time I've been to this side of town. I was really, actually, honestly, transparently, I was kind of afraid yeah. to drive to this part of town today. I'm getting emotional because I just thought all the hills are going to be wiped out. But there are these, like, fingers of burn. It's not like, like, I've seen wildfire before. It happens mm-hmm. in California pretty regularly, and it's usually very rural. Yes. You know, or along the side of a freeway, like a whole swath. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But this is like little fingers of, of burnt into yeah. the hillside. It's not like a whole sheet or no. whatever. And no. It's really it, it terrifying. It is. It really is. And, you know, so I basically started packing. And I have two dogs. And so I, we had already been prepped for earthquake. Yeah. Um, so some of my stuff was already set up for emergency for dogs right. and, and me, but then it became like, well, I got papers and I've got this and, you know, and of course the only thing I did forget was a dog pen, which I could have done. And that was sort of like a, like, oh shit. But, um, a friend of mine and his friend, the, the promoters of, um, Mystic Fair came over and helped me. Right. And, um, you know, they were just like, okay, let's get going, you know, and so they took me to my office. Well, as always, you have some dramatic flair for something that goes on, and as I was, you know, making sure I got the animals and everything's packed and all that, we're ready to go, I walk out of the house and, of course, lock the door like, you know, well, you're going to lock the door for obvious reasons, and we take off, and, of course, there are cars, there are traffic. It isn't wall-to-wall inching because we were going to go back down and go into town, so it wasn't, it was going away, and so there was still enough of a space. And we get halfway to my office, which is about near the Flamingo Hotel, and I freak out because I don't have my purse. And I had left my purse on the table next to the door because I was getting the dogs, and I right. put it, you know. I don't want to forget it. I'll set it right here. 
walk right off. <laughs> Freaked me out. It's uh-huh. got everything in there that is a viability that will, you know, driver's license. I'm driving without a license, you know, that kind of thing. So I turn to Alan, my friend, and I go, you have to go back. You have to go back. And he's like, I don't want to go back. No, you have to go back. At which point he did go back with Al, uh-huh. with David. I went off to the office still shaking yeah. and, you know, yeah. pretty upset and, and started emptying everything out and bringing it into my office, which is a small little yeah, it's square. It's a room, basically. It's a room, and um, there's a little sink and a bathroom off of the central area for all the other little offices that right. break onto it. And I get everything sort of set up and try to kind of, you know, get organized. And then they come back and they give me my, my purse, and I'm fine. And, and I'm fine in the sense that I'm I've landed somewhere. Yeah. Well, fortunately, the dogs are as terrified as yeah. I am. They it's smell the fire. They're in places where they don't have, you know, any knowledge of the noise. So they were pretty antsy. So getting any sleep was yeah. out of the question. And, of course, then at a certain point, people started texting or calling to see if I was okay. And, you know, so the Monday was not the best day in the sense of any kind of finding anything other than just that I'm here yes. and getting busy. So, you know, going over things and checking and making sure all that. And then eventually I contacted a friend of mine and said, can I come take a shower there? <laughs> and so I kind of came with stuff and I, I sort of, she's a very sweet lady and she was very gracious. And I just, you know, sat with them at dinner and the dogs were in their, in their, because she's not a dog lady, so they were in their carrier in the, the second bedroom, and she and her significant other were entertaining, and they had me there. And, and finally, I just looked at them, and I kind of these puppy dog eyes, and they said, stay. And so I stayed literally for seven days, and yeah. then it was time for me to come back. And by then, the area was in a space where it could. Right. But um, I did come back a couple of times and, you know, check on everything. And several people in this park stayed yeah. all the way through the thing, except for the one mandatory where they all came and knocked on the doors. Yeah. And that was when it was starting to come with the hill you were thinking of when you were going to drive. That whole thing from Skyhawk and, yeah. you know, um, Oakmont. And then there were, and they only left for one day and came back. Yeah. So uh, and there were, um, you know, there were many folks who were saying, I'm not leaving, I'm not leaving, uh-huh. even during mandatory evacuations and what ended up happening. I, I've, I've heard a lot of stories. I've, like I said, I was obsessing about all of this uh-huh. for a week and a half. Uh-huh. Everything I ingested uh-huh. through my eyes and my ears and literally like felt like I was eating this stuff uh-huh. uh, was about the fires. I've been obsessed with it and it's probably not good. It's probably increased my panic and trauma. However, it made me feel better to be paying attention, right? But the the fire guys and gals, people, the fire people, Mm -hmm. were going and saying, you're being evacuated. And if people said, nah, I'm staying, they would go, okay, well, if you leave, please put up caution tape that you've left so we know that we don't have to check this area for a body Mm -hmm. later. Uh-huh. Because they don't have time. If you've been evacuated, you need to go. Right. You need to go. Right. There's a reason. So it's just, it's been interesting. And what's been beautiful uh-huh. is how the community has come together. Yes. And I've, because I'm in this specific face group, Facebook group, 
of folks talking about like where do I where can I take donations where can I pick up donations mm-hmm. you know I I need diapers where do I donate diapers mm-hmm. you know like all these mm-hmm. things were happening and as the fires were burning people were posting hey there's evacuations here hey this road is mm-hmm. closed and so it's like been this place to bring community is together. that next door. No, it's a group on Facebook. Oh, on Facebook, specifically okay. about the fire. Yeah, because they actually have um, one that you can join. It's called Next Door, mm-hmm. and it's set up similar to this, where people, yeah. you know, te- text in, and it it becomes yeah. like a an invite group. But yeah, it was very heartening. Yeah, people have just really given, and and you know, there's been a few folks who have reached out to me because I've got my fingers in a few different communities and, mm-hmm. you know, where can I bring donations and where can I drop off stuff? And honestly, I have not been in a capacity to hold any of that. So thankfully I know like, Hey, go talk to this person or go mm-hmm. talk to this person, mm-hmm. or go talk to this person. And a lot of places are saying that they can't take any more donations. So what I've been saying in response to that is, well, don't get rid of that stuff because in two weeks, in three weeks, in a month, when there are still people who are displaced, when there are still people in need, we're going to need that stuff. Right. It's easy to go into, like, disaster cleanup mode and do all of this right now, but this isn't going to be over now. No. This is going to take years to yeah. clean up, years to recover yeah. from, and in the short term, months and months and months of people who are going to be in need. Mm-hmm. So, for you know, for local folks or even folks far away who may be listening and want to do something, please remember, and not just for Sonoma and Napa and Mendocino counties in California, but also for the Hurricane Harvey and Hurricane Irma, any area that's gone through a natural disaster, when the when the storm has passed, it is not over for those people that live there. Of course not. And you've got to remember that. Yes. And, you know, I think that part of what I guess we're, we're sharing the immediacy of what it was like and, and for those people who either are listening and haven't gone through this or people that have, you know, it's, it is something that it suddenly makes you very aware of your moment-to-moment existence. And I know Phoenix was talking about the uh, Facebook and the maps. I did it every night, even when I wasn't here, every night to see if this place was going to be here or, you know, what was going on because, you know, at one point um, I – well, I call. I, t- I texted my daughter that I was okay and that we had evacuated, and she's two hours ahead of me, so she was already at work, and she commented back on her text, I'm at work, and I'm like, okay, fine. You know, like, don't bother me, Mom, I'm at work. And I said, okay, fine. Well, I left it alone because I figured that was sufficient. I'll go on to whatever else I have to do now. And then I get a call. Mom, are you, yeah, I got it. What's happened? Oh, my gosh, you know, I, I heard it, some one of my people here told me that this was happening, and we, we saw it, and then, then it became real. And she was born and raised here, so um, she started firing off questions, she, you know, about where and the the fact that it took out mm-hmm. Markless Springs Road and Larkfield area. That's where the house that we had that she was born in, well, almost born in, but raised in for yeah. 10 years of her life, and the elementary school was Ribley Elementary. And so she's like, is the house? I said, darling, it's gone. Yeah. And then she said, what about Ribley? And I said, it's gone. Yeah. And then the only, and this is interesting because, you know, she was like talking about her friends who have stayed and that, you know, I said, well, I know they're okay. They evacuated, da, 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 this and that and the other thing. And then, you know, different people. But when I told her the round barn yeah. 
had burned down is when I started having a teary child on the other end. Yeah. And she's an adult, but she was a child at that point. She says, my history is gone. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's a landmark it's for a anyone landmark. who's been into Santa Rosa, yeah. for anyone who's spent time in this area. Yeah. And it was a landmark. It was a landmark. And, you know, it becomes part of, uh, you know, it's like I lived in L.A. You know, L.A., they had them shake down and broken by earthquakes. Or most of the time they spend their time bulldozing things down to make something that goes in that's bigger, taller, which, of course, is absolutely ludicrous on a fault. But sure, why not? Let's build it. so it was never about history as per se because yeah. it was always regenerating itself down there. Right. Here there's more of that desire to keep the history. Right. And so of course that got her very emotional but she and then she spent like the first week making sure every day and yeah. and um it kind of made me smile in the sense that I was suddenly where I was was a concern. You know, mom is always going to be okay. Mom is safe. We know mom's all right. She's, you know, it's because of the touchstone. Yeah. I am the touchstone. Yeah. And suddenly there is a difference because of what happens. So I think each of us has had an excursion into the impermanence of our lives. Oh, yeah. You know, and I'm not just yeah. talking about people we know that die of illness and we realize our mortality. I'm the impermanence of everything. Yeah, absolutely. And it's been interesting, you know, I've been in, the, the shop, Milk and Honey, was closed for a couple of days, and then I've, because, you know, just to be clear, it's a business, you know? Mm-hmm. And when there's no customers, there's no money coming in, and mm-hmm. there's nothing for me to pay any employees, right? Mm-hmm. So for a few days, I had to tell my staff to not come in, and, and myself and Guyan worked all the shifts that there were, mm-hmm. and there were, weren't people coming in, of course, everyone. And the folks who did come in were like, zombies like yes altered and broken and not completely fully in their bodies not grounded and mm-hmm. and that's still happening although i'm also starting to see people who are now like breathing and feeling calm and mm-hmm. looking you know now we're having people who are coming in saying i lost everything and i want to replace this dot 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 you know and it's it's so hard because i've been obsessing and living in in the panic for for so many days uh, uh-huh. and i and i i think maybe we'll take a break and then talk about some right. ways to deal with right. all of that but now i'm recognizing because of of my work in the world i'm every day i'm going to be holding this energy with people who are living through it with me people who lost everything people uh-huh. who know someone who lost everything uh-huh. there isn't a single person who this hasn't personally touched either from losing their home being evacuated living in terror for a week right you know it's been it's we keep saying harrowing that is the best freaking word it's been harrowing and it's um it's exhausting but on the side of how it has suddenly made people turn to other people and say how are you yeah or waiting for them to cross the street or doing something that in the normal way of people's lives they had lost. Sad as it always is, but this is a very realistic point of reference of 
the community moving together and how grateful they have always, they've been showing it everywhere they can Absolutely. of the first responders, yes. the people that have come in. And I mean, it's been, they're starting to leave and I'm feeling nervous. Yeah. Oh, we're not ready. Please don't leave. No, 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 no. I don't want you to go. But um, that I think is, is, yeah, it's been really interesting how this energy has shifted and I'm hoping it will it will dissipate a bit yeah, because will. humans go back they to do. their normal. Do. But I think it will keep a level. It's it. kind of yeah. like um, yeah. Christmas yeah. and how you see people in yeah. certain instances, like all the stories in the movies, they talk about Christmas sheer and, yeah. and shifting and changing and how we then kind of lose it over the yeah. following year and then gain it back again. I don't want to say we'll have disasters to gain it back, but I hope it stays at a higher point. Right. I have a, a few friends who have been volunteering uh, at the different disaster relief sites, mm-hmm. and um, one specifically where the first responders have been staying, mm-hmm. and they've been going and doing herbal treatments mm-hmm. and offering massage mm-hmm. and acupuncture for the firefighters. Mm-hmm. And there, I've heard this several times. The firefighters have made comments about how they've been treated so well in this community, like they've never experienced community coming out and taking care of them as much as mm-hmm. we have. And mm-hmm. and that's so heartening. And at Milk and Honey, we, I put, we have a little sandwich board that I put out front mm-hmm. of the shop, right? Mm-hmm. It says Milk and Honey. And then it lists, like, we sell all this cool shit. Come and buy stuff. But I changed it, and I wrote, thank you, first responders. Mm-hmm. And today three of them walked by, and they all started to smile and clap each other on the back and stuff. It totally made me start <laughs> <laughs> like, yay, at least three of them saw my Fine, yay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was like I went to um, Walgreens to pick up something today, and there were two of the policemen out that had been pulled from some other major community, and they were there, and they said they are, they're leaving it, it uh, in a couple of hours. But everybody came up to them and said thank you, and as they left after they checked out, we all yayed and said thank you. And when I was driving into my community here, they had all the national, I mean, it was really kind of weird, National Guard with yeah. all their camouflage, you know, and some of the Humvees, and it was kind of, you know, intimidating and intense, but I would I stopped at each one of these streets that they had blocked off because of the mandatory section and thanked them yeah. and just said thank you. And it was like, we can't thank every one of them, but the ones we can, yeah, it makes a difference. It makes a difference. So do you want to start for a uh, commercial break? Sure, let's do that. And okay. then we'll talk about like how to get on with and take care of yourself, Okay, which I didn't do. No, none of us did. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. Okay. Listening to The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Stay tuned as more magic is coming your way right after these messages. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain. Tuesdays, 5 to 6. Fit and Foxy with Madame Nadia and Jaya Dania. Wednesdays, 6 to 7. The Now You Know Show with Professor Charles Porterfield. Thursdays, 6 to 7.30. And The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay. Fridays, 6 to 7. 
all times Pacific, at 3 hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. Oh, we're back. Uh, yeah. We were just noticing and discussing during the, the break that, you know, we both do spiritual counseling and we both do professional reading and we give people advice on how to deal with trauma. And <laughs> I was saying, you know, I tell people like, well, duh, just do this thing. And then I find myself in a situation where I'm experiencing trauma and panic and all my tools Right out the window. I know. I know. That that shows that at least it shows we're definitely human. I mean, we're not out of a a pod or something. Right. But um, one of the things that I have found for me, and a lot of it is if you have the ability when you're taking a shower, um, I've set up a little spritzer bottle of um, Epsom salts and vinegar. And I've done like three tablespoons each and stuck it in a spritzer. And what I do is I use it to spray myself down. I wash, I clean off, and I spray myself down. And then I rinse it off because obviously you don't want vinegar smell. But what it does is it moves the energetics of the emotional body and cleanses it and rebalances it. And I've been doing that every day, and that has been probably the one thing that I remembered out of any of it. But then I've been doing it on a regular basis before right. then, right? Because I'm dealing with so many people's energy. And that uh, I want to make it one step simpler than that. Okay. Take a shower. Yeah. Right. Right. Because like I hear your recipe, and I'm like, oh, that's a really great idea. I didn't even bathe for five days. Oh wow. I didn't even take a shower. I was. I, and I realized, you know, some people stress eat and some people can't eat when they're stressed. Mm-hmm. I've learned now I don't eat when I'm stressed. Mm-hmm. I don't. I'm not even hungry. And I am a eater. <laughs> I love food, as you can tell by the fact that I have a plethora of cookies. Oh, yeah. She, uh, yeah. Elvira says, what kind of cookies do you want? And brings me, like, ten different kinds, and I've been eating all of them. <laughs> She's uh, better. Uh, yes, I am better, actually. But it's the very... Simple basics. Have you taken a bath or a shower today? No? Go take one. Mm-hmm. Have you eaten in the last four hours? No? Go eat something. Right. Drink. Drink. Drink water yep. until it's literally running out of your body. Yep. Drink water, drink water, drink water. And these are just basic human needs, mm-hmm. right? If mm-hmm. you can at least take care of those basic needs, then you're at least keeping your body functioning. Right. Because what, when your emotions and your mind are in a panic state and you're, then you start not taking care of your body, mm-hmm. then you're prone to illness, then you break out in a rash like I did, mm-hmm. then you get sick. And when you're dealing with a disaster like fire, the air is not safe to breathe. Right. And so you are already going to be putting toxins into mm-hmm. your system. Mm-hmm. So the more you can do to keep your body healthy, the better your mind and spirit are going to be able to deal right. with processing what's going on. Right. And it's interesting. She was mentioning about eating is that I noticed my eating habits have changed. Yeah. Um, I am eating, but not a lot. Yeah. Um, I will eat something in the middle of the day, and then I really don't want anything in the evening. I will find something to gnash on. Not cookies. I usually, you know, like something a little bit <laughs> more profound but not necessarily a lot of it yeah but I have found and that is interesting because I'm not a big water drinker I haven't been until I visited my daughter in the uh, south and the midwest and they 
humidity, you got to drink water. And so that got kind of put in there. But I have been drinking water like you mm-hmm. can't believe mm-hmm. because the air is so dried out from the heat of the um, the fires yeah. that you're, you know, it's just like <gasps> yeah. being in the desert. Yeah. So Phoenix is right. It's the basics. If you have the other little things, great. You know, something easy, something simple. Um, if I were to say to anybody at this point in this area, we were just chatting about that, you know, lighting a candle for ourselves. Most of us freak out now about fire. No, I couldn't. I, I wanted to set a light. You know, because uh, many of us witches were like, what magic can we do mm-hmm. for this? Mm-hmm. And so I participated in some spell work that I feel really strong and positive about. And, and I... Uh, you know, my go-to is to set a light. My go-to mm-hmm. is to burn a candle, and mm-hmm. that felt like the worst idea. Mm-hmm. And so I set out a bowl of water. Yes. I did prayer work, and I would take it and sprinkle it around my house or in the direction I knew the fires were burning. Right. Sending that water energy, that water energy, right. water energy, you know, but burning a candle. Or even, like, I know my psyche and my spirit body is filthy, and normally I would sage myself off. Nope. I don't want to be around smoke right now. I don't want anything to do with mm-hmm. anything burning. Mm-hmm. So I've altered to Florida water mm-hmm. and doing a little little cleanse, putting Florida water on the palms of my hands and the back of my mm-hmm. neck, breathing that in, having to, to shift my regular way of doing things. Right. And, you know, if I just went through a hurricane, maybe I would feel totally different about this water. Yeah. Maybe I wouldn't want to use Florida water or I wouldn't want to do any water work. I might want to do fire Fire. work, right? Right. You want the the opposite element. Yeah. Because, you know, as you're looking at it, look at what you have. The opposite element to fire is water. Mm -hmm. The opposite element to water is fire. And then you've got, you know, you've got earth. Mm Mm-hmm. But in terms of both fire and water, what has happened is both those elements overrode yeah. the earth. Yeah. And you throw in air there, kind of adding its bit. I don't know. That was just yeah. so bizarre. It was a perfect storm. It really was. And, yeah. you know, the rest of... But you really... I actually found certain things, if I could do an organization, if I could put my mind to work on something. Mm-hmm. Now... You know, it depends on what happened in your life as to what you could do. Like when I was at my office, my car has prepared things in it that is a bag for stuff. And, of course, the bag that was at the the door here for, you know, emergencies. And so I have a bunch of shit all over the place. So I basically brought everything in and very calmly Mm -hmm. started to organize the process and put it into some kind of connectedness because in doing that, you can feel that you're taking control of something and organizing something. Right. So I don't know in terms of whatever disaster you may be in or experience, that may be something you can do if you've lost everything. That isn't something you can do. Yeah. And if you're in a full-blown panic attack, uh, there's a few different tricks that I've Mm -hmm. been taught. One of them is a breathing Mm -hmm. exercise where you breathe. You plug one nostril. I'm plugging one nostril. And you breathe in. And then you put the opposite nostril mm-hmm. and breathe out, right? And you do that over and over and over and over until you can sink back into your body. Mm-hmm. That's one way. It's worked for me once. I've tried it a couple of times. It doesn't always work for me, but mm-hmm. you got to try different things. Right. There's a way of if you're having a full-blown panic attack and you need to come back into your body to shift your perception. So naming out loud what is one thing you see right now, what is one thing you hear right now, 
What is one thing you can feel right now? Uh-huh. Engaging your other senses so that you're uh-huh. not just going into the hamster wheel of, of panic in uh-huh. your brain. Uh-huh. You know? uh-huh. uh, and there's a lot. Of, it's, I encourage folks to just have a handful, two or three of these tricks that you know will work for you. Right. Because you never know when something is going to kick out your feet from under you. Right. You need some coping mechanisms. Right. And there's lots of them. Right. Breathing techniques are also really, really good because it forces you to focus on your body. Right. You breathe deep into your belly mm-hmm. and out through your, you know, into your nose, out through your mouth, that kind of a thing. You don't hyperventilate, but the point is is that you slowly do this. Yeah. And I usually give, like, clients, like, five deep breaths. You know, this is assuming... You know, you can do this in the morning and then the middle of the day and the evening. You should you space them out, but you create that because when you do breathe and you bring oxygen in, you're basically setting off endorphins, which is the feel-good yeah. ones. And um, why we exercise, right. it brings the endorphin levels up. Um, you know, obviously telling you to stroke a cat or a dog or, you know, some mm-hmm. sort of a thing or a fluffy plush toy. Mm-hmm. Everywhere I go... Who's giving my real secrets away. <laughs> um, back when I was traveling on the planes and I was going to Europe, um, my stepdaughter, who went with us one time with my husband and her boyfriend, gave me this little plush animal. It's a unicorn with little wings. So it's not a My Little Pony thing. It was just one of these things. And, of course, because my favorite color is purple, it's white with little purple hooves yeah. and horn. And so... I used it actually as a neck thing because it was, it was like, um, kind of like the Beanie Babies without being Beanie Baby. And so I use it instead of one of the little neck things. Well, that little animal has gone with me everywhere. Yeah. And when I left here, I made sure I took it with me. Oh, yeah, I packed one of my stuffed animals. You know, and it was, I would hold on to it. I had dogs, and they curl up with me, and that made me feel good, and it was like a breathing feeling. But that other little stuffed animal was the thing. Yeah. And it wasn't because it was, it is part of your childhood Yeah. in terms of that. So it's visceral, and it sets up something of that nature. Right. So that's always something. You might have something from your childhood, or you might have something that is special to you now. Um, but make sure you have one. Yeah, I think that was something of importance. And, you know, it was so funny. When I came back the second time, to my house, I went and got a couple more things, and I said, my dog, Pen. And I have all these beautiful statues and all these altars around my house that I have. I, you know, they're part of my world. And I kept looking at them going, one statue I'm going to take. Just, that's it. And I heard it was the weirdest thing out of nowhere. Leave everything on the altar. It was a directive. And I went, okay. Yeah. And I walked out doing just that. Yeah, I got a similar message. And I was never evacuated. No. It was, I went and combed through the house. Yeah. What gets passed? Right. And it was very clear. I'm like, okay, what? who's coming? And all of them were like, we do not just exist in a statue. You don't, we, are, we do not need yes. to take up space. Yes. Yeah. And it was just that. And I went, oh. And then when I realized my Wherever I have lived, including this mobile home, every place has had a name. Mm-hmm. And it's always told me its name. Yeah. And this particular place, I couldn't figure out what it was, you know, mobile. I don't know. <laughs> um, but the lady that was the wife of the person I bought this from 
painted lighthouses in the bathroom. There are certain ways in the bathroom they have certain little things, and she painted lighthouses. And I went, oh, that's so kitschy. I can't do this. And so I couldn't paint over them, but I covered them in cloth. And then I kept going, what is your name? And then it, suddenly it was like some brick hit me. Yeah. And it's like Pharaoh's, the lighthouse at Alexandria. Mm. So I got a little plaque, and I had its name put on the front, so it has its name. And then I began to realize when I left, I, this was a lighthouse. Yeah. This was part of anchoring. And one of the things you realize when you're as pagans, as witches, we create energy in our spaces. Yeah. And those are the energies that we do wards and we protect and we do all of this in so many ways. But they're generators. Yeah. So in light of what was going on, I personally, firmly believe that that's what happened here. Yeah. And if I'm going to say it saved the place, it and it, it added a bubble of energy, mm-hmm. and the weird part is, is that this particular mobile home park is a small one, but it's set up. I never knew this until I looked at it from like Google Maps. Mm. It's set up like an eye, mm. literally. So mm. the outside set of of the um, road is yep. one. Yep. The center one is the beginning of right. it, and then the clubhouse is the pupil. Interesting. And it was really weird. And so all of this came to me. But when ISIS stuff has been coming up, let me yeah. think of ISIS, yeah. right? The Eye of Horus. The Eye of Horus. The first two um, folks who came into to the shop who were looking to replace items, mm-hmm. both were looking for ISIS. Oh, wow. Yeah. So well, weird. She went to the underworld. There's the whole, her whole myth. So there is that. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. you, I think a lot of what, when we talk about what can you do, how can you handle the yeah. process, there's your physical body yeah. and the emotional and right. the mental states of mind and, you know, all the things you go through. And then there is the spiritual. Yeah. And, and I think that people, you know, like I mentioned, this Facebook group that I'm connected to, and, you know, it's, it's regular folks uh-huh. that live in this area. Uh-huh. It's not all witches. Uh-huh. We live in a progressive area, so uh-huh. people may be more attuned to meditation or chakras right. or whatever. But, <laughs> you know, they're not all pagan. Uh-huh. And people are, are sharing things like, you know, I'm, I, I'm crying every day. I'm, I, they're still in shock. They're still going through these emotional upheavals. And, it's, you know, they've been feeling this for two weeks, and that's uh-huh. a lot to be in panic uh-huh. for two weeks. And, and, yes, yes, you can't expect it to just be done. Right. We, you, you know, you can't look at your watch and say, okay, it's over now. Uh-huh. See, it takes the time that it takes. And for you, it might take six months for your neighbor you may have got, had the exact same experience. You may have both lost your homes or you've both been evacuated, and tomorrow they're great. Uh-huh. And in six months, you're still feeling it. You right. can't expect you to recover or start to feel better according to someone else's timeline. You have to right. give yourself permission to feel off and to grieve uh-huh. and to mourn. And, uh-huh. and what I'm realizing is how much I'm feeling called to experience my grief with the people in my community and reading about people who are randomly starting to cry in the grocery store and people who, you know, a a cashier posted a a post in this Facebook group that someone was in her checkout line and she looked at this person and could tell that they were just in it. And she said, can I give you a hug? And got out of her cashier line and came over and hugged the customer. Mm -hmm. You know, like those are the things that I need to hear because Mm -hmm. I need to be going through my grief with other people. Right. And maybe that's not 
what everyone needs. Mm-hmm. But testing the waters and at least trying to take some steps forward and knowing that it's not going to be a straight road. Mm-hmm. There's going to be backslides and there's going to be frustration. And, and if you have lost your home and everything, then you have to deal with all the red tape and, and all of that. And it's not easy. No. So I feel like there's a lot of permission that people need to remember to give themselves and to you know, feel off. Recovery groups is interesting. I think that's what we're, we're, you know, it's not about tragedy groups. It's about recovery groups and getting your strength. And, you know, I actually went up to Healdsburg. I had an appointment to go to, and the woman wasn't sure she was going to be here, and then she called and she was. So I was driving through the areas of, Fountain Grove and the areas that were really, I mean, came yeah. right down to the road and crossed the road and some yeah. of the bigger things. And I could, at first I couldn't look. I, you know, first of all, I was trying very hard to stay focused with driving. Yeah. And I could take in a little bit to my right or a little bit to my left. When I came back down, I got a better view of, you know, like it was coming off of a hill a little bit because it was an incline. And it was unbelievable in in words that I couldn't even put my put into the experience of seeing things that I saw every day that I traveled yeah in this in the condition of that what they are now and um just and that was a grief process because I had to feel what it felt like to to experience that and as she as Phoenix has said it's about being in the moment yeah. It's going to be crying. It's going to be crying. Okay. If it's, you know, suddenly something triggers it. I've noticed that even watching some shows, I have loved these shows, but I can't watch them. No, me too. It's just, it's, I don't, it's not that I want to see Moana 24-7, which might be a good idea. Anyway. I, I was going to watch that finally, yeah. and I remember hearing that the end is emotional, and I decided, nope. I it is emotional. Curve. I don't want emotion. Yeah. I want Stupid, can't be silly. Yeah. All that I can digest yeah. right now. It's very, you know, Project One Ray. Well, there you go. There, it's a reality show of a different yes. nature that's yes. not, you know, like they're out in the woods trying to no. keep themselves alive. Yes. But um, I found being with my family, with my stepdaughter and her family, yeah. with my very dear family friend. Um, yesterday was the first day I felt... When I say normal, there will never be a normal because the normal for what was is now totally changed. But it felt that I was, my life had started to get back into a motion forward and we did these errands and we had some time together. We came back to my place. We watched some of our favorite shows that I had taped and, you know, it felt, and then the rain came and what I found is I came back after dropping her off because she doesn't drive. I got on the couch with my two dogs. I was going to watch another show. I didn't turn it on because the rain started, and I just laid there and listened to the rain. I didn't go to sleep. I just laid there for an hour and a half and just listened, and it put me at such peace yep. that I, something like that, you know, I mean, these are things that each person is finding their own way, and some of us we can give hints to and it will work or it might not, and right. something else will. And that's the other thing I would say is if you try this one thing as a coping mechanism, and I don't mean doing drugs or drinking alcohol. Sure. Yes, those are ways to cope, but they actually, and this is proven, because I did my fair share of drinking this last week. I drank more beer last week than I have since I was 20. Oh, my gosh. 
<laughs> I won't even go into it. I won't, yeah. However, all that does is it's a depressant. So it pushes all of that shit down, and it's fine in the moment, but you have to deal with it eventually. Exactly. And so if you're using that to suppress, yeah. It's gonna you're it's gonna catch up with you, right? I also right. took I have a, a prescription for anti anxiety medication. Mm-hmm. I took that four or five days in a row. I never I take it that often. Mm-hmm. I usually only take it when I have to fly. Mm-hmm. And I used what I had mm-hmm. to keep me going because mm-hmm. I also had to hold my shit together so my 15 year old wouldn't think the world was ending. Right. Which is what I was convinced of. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, you, you think about it. You're you're. The world as we know it yeah. was ending, yeah. yeah, and has in its own way ended, yeah, yeah. But it is you now. Try the one thing. Yep. If that doesn't work, you try the next thing, and and maybe you can't try three things in a row, and so you sink back and you just wallow in it for a minute, mm-hmm. and then when you get another surge, you try another thing. Mm-hmm. It's just taking baby steps forward and oh, knowing that you are still moving forward. Oh yeah, and there are moments when. Bless the people that don't know that they're triggering you so you can release. Yeah. Um, events that happen and you get really angry and you just let go, not necessarily at them, but you get in your car and you start screaming or you go in your house or whatever it is, you huff around. Yeah. And what you're doing is venting the anger that you feel at what has yeah. happened. And that's happening, too. Yes. Thing, especially traffic's really bad. A lot of roads are closed. Mm-hmm. And so people are having to take alternate routes. And so it, it, things are congested. Mm-hmm. And people are much shorter fused mm-hmm. than they might normally be mm-hmm. because we're all frayed nerves right now. Yep. We're all living on an edge, mm-hmm. on a nice edge. Mm-hmm. And so it's just you have to be a little bit more patient. Mm-hmm. You have to be a little bit more understanding. And I, and especially in the car, I turn into a different human. I have no patience when I'm in the car. I get pissed and angry and frustrated fast. Mm-hmm. But I've been trying to give a little bit more spacious life. Everyone right. is feeling it. Everyone is feeling it. It's in literally in the air we are breathing. Yeah. Yeah. No. And that's the, so either it's the fire or it's the water, um, someone said this and it really is true it became like a war zone yeah and so for those people of us who have are experiencing this in whatever levels it is also making our humanity come into effect yeah. of all the people that are in war zones yeah. oh should i lost it a few days ago thinking like the level of panic that i've been holding for so many days in a mm-hmm. row mm-hmm. is exhausting mm-hmm Physically, mentally, spiritually, mm-hmm. emotionally, all the levels. Mm-hmm. And to think that there are people who have lived in this state their whole lives breaks my freaking heart. I know. I don't know how the human spirit can handle that. That's it. And that is, you know, we all realize how this has affected us, yeah. how people in Florida and Texas and, you know, have been affected by the hurricanes and the and Puerto Rico and yeah. Virgin Islands and, yes, even Ireland. Yeah. Um, and when we look at that and the insensitivities of different people, be they individuals in the common environment or they are in our um, political and social schemes that are bigger, yeah. is beyond even my consciousness to say 
how can you be so insensitive right. to the, the suffering and think it's like, you know, the same thing that they talk about when people are talking about not wanting something in their neighborhood so they're called NIMBYs, not in my backyard. Mm-hmm. And it's the same attitude yeah. that that I just look at and I go, where are you coming from? Right, right. And I have to say, I've... There's been wildfires. My friends in Oregon just barely, their mm-hmm. home just barely made it through mm-hmm. terrible wildfires up there. And and I was heart-wrenched and worried for them, but I didn't really get it. Mm-hmm. And now that I've experienced that level, like, I was so grateful that I could reach out to them and say, this is what I'm feeling today, and for them to go, yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that sounds about right. You're okay, mm-hmm. you know. And it's hard if you've never been through a disaster of this scale to mm-hmm. know what it feels like or to think, oh, well, you know, that's a bummer. But it's, this isn't intense. I, if I had not lived through this last couple of weeks, I don't think I ever could have fathomed what it really felt like. And I am on the lucky end of all of this. Mm-hmm. Basically, nothing happened. To right. Me, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I am just watching my friends and neighbors go through the, the mm-hmm. real hard stuff. Mm-hmm. And even that, I feel like, oh, I'm exhausted. Oh, I'm I know. Brained. I know. I know. Yeah. And, and I, so when I, when I say pamper yourself, yeah. give yourself something, you know, you made it through, you're walking. Yeah. You may not have what you had or you had to leave what you had and then you get to come back and you're like oh thank you thank you um it really is a thank you but it's also small small little things for yourself it was weird i left the house and god knows i didn't even goddess knows it was kind of like i didn't think i was ever going to see it yeah and i came back on that thursday and i walk in and i have a gardenia tree and she's a very prolific when it's the summer and it's nice and warm. And I looked over there, and there's this gardenia starting to blossom and mm-hmm. open. And I thought, thank you. Yeah. And um, there was a bush down the way that I found that had more gardenias. And, you know, to me, talking to my ancestors and to um, deceased relatives and family and and my husband, my deceased husband, it's like this was to me a sign mm-hmm. it will flower again. Oh, yeah. And you, this was a blessing. And, you know, yeah. there were certain things that, that spoke to me because I kept looking for them. I kept opening to them. Sure. And that's another part of who we are. Absolutely. Is being, or, or being able to to not only feel the fear that everyone is feeling or the the indignation or the 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 um, joy it's to see the the signs and when i tell clients look for the signs it could be as simple as a snail coming across your 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 lawn um it is true yeah it's those little things yeah. i just want to add in there too about pampering yourself mm-hmm. if it is something that is not if you are financially unable to pamper yourself mm-hmm. or do something kind for yourself, mm-hmm. ask for help. Exactly. Because the one thing I've seen for sure is community comes together. And if you need something, if you need help, say, I need help. And I know that's hard. I suck at that. Mm-hmm. And I've had, to, I've had to do that. I had to ask for huge help this week, a huge help. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it was granted. It, my, the, my, my need was fulfilled. But it was mm-hmm. so hard to ask. Of course it is. And, you know, when my husband died, it was the first time I had to learn to really ask for help yeah. outside of my family. Yeah. 
yeah, of people that are fan, friends and, and loved ones. But um, it's important. Absolutely. It's important. So with that in mind, we made it a whole hour. We did make a whole I, hour. I thought we were going to go 10 minutes and then be like, I'm so tired. It's a way to, this is our way of doing therapy. Thanks for listening to our therapy session, everyone. Really. But um, we will be back on track next week. We haven't quite got an idea how our schedule is going to be. Right. No, no, we do not. Next week is Samhain. Yes. And then after that, we're going to figure that out as soon as the show ends tonight. And we will then be up and running with things that we will be treating you to from now through the end of the year. Yes. yes. And the website will be updated soon. It is very behind on updates, but it is still a place to go, uh, witchpriestesscauldron.com. If you have questions or comments, if you want to get a free reading on the air when we do our Ask a Witch segment, which is coming up in the next couple of weeks of episodes. So please do... Um, visit us and share and if you have something that you want to share about your experience through a natural disaster please reach out we would love to hear from you definitely yeah. and on that note thank you thank you and good night Thank you for listening to The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Our podcast airs live every Friday at 6 p.m. Pacific and will be available for download. Questions or comments on this show or ideas for upcoming shows can be sent to our website, and that's at www.witchpriestesscauldron.com. Again, that's witchpriestesscauldron.com. On behalf of Elvira, Phoenix, Alan, and myself, Gwion Raven, a big merry meet and merry part and merry meet again. Blessed be. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.